1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: Now, you might know that the Sydney uh, Mardi Gras, the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras and the Sydney World Pride events are on this week. It starts tomorrow and continues for three weeks. It begs the question of how Christians think about changes that have come with a sexual revolution, and the challenge of dealing with relationships that are contrary to a biblical model of a lifelong, sexually exclusive relationship between a man and a woman, bringing children into the world, part of a sustainable stewardship of the earth, you might argue, from a biblical foundation. Well, a special welcome back today to 2020. David Robertson is the director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans, originates from Scotland and back on 2020. Welcome along, David.
1: Yeah, it's good to be with you. Um, uh, it's I, I have a T-shirt that says I originated in Scotland and my story continues in Australia. So, <laughs> and the story is continuing in a significant way.
0: The Ask Project, and we might just uh, touch on that just before we uh, finish our conversation today. Important, though, you are based in Sydney. Sydney is where this World Pride event is going for the next two and a half, three weeks. Uh, The Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras is on. Uh, How have you been uh, feeling the mood of what's happening amongst Christian leaders, perhaps uh, in Sydney?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was in town this morning to... uh meet with some lawyers in the cbd and as you go in you can't miss it i mean the railway station many of the corporations the banks are outdoing doing each other you know the flags are everywhere um very interesting the change in culture because it used to just be the kind of rainbow flag and now it's the rainbow flag with the transgender with something i'm sure there's someone else being left out i think the prevailing mood amongst most christian leaders is let's just keep our heads down let's keep quiet let's just Um, see this go through. I think that for many ordinary Christians, it's a much bigger issue than that because they are faced with it at work and many other things. There's a temptation to react, I think, in a wrong way. There's a temptation to despair. There's, in many instances as well, there's confusion. But I also think there's tremendous opportunity. But I I do have to say it was depressing uh, being in the CBD this
0: morning. And I know that some might even be confronted by the thoughts uh, that church leaders might be keeping their heads down and being quiet, uh, letting this pass. Uh, But as you say, people are dealing with these issues in their workplaces day to day and sometimes might even be interested in hearing leaders speak out, even if it is controversial. Any thoughts here about, even though that might be the mood, Christian leaders keeping their heads down, should they yeah. be keeping their heads down or should they be, in fact, speaking up? Well,
1: I have a I have a, a great deal of sympathy with a lot of Christian leaders because they're on a hiding to nothing. If they say nothing, they are criticised um, and anything they say will be criticised because, Neil, to be honest, this has become like a religion now. So this is blasphemy. To dare to question any aspect of world pride is considered blasphemy and and um, you will experience a level of hate speech. I've, I've been through this many times back in my own country, but also to some degree here. And, you know, I can understand people wanting to keep their heads down. And also you have to be incredibly careful how you speak out because um, people don't need to hear a message which implies or suggests that uh, we hate gay people because that would be absolutely appalling. Uh, and entirely wrong. However, I do think there are opportunities to present the gospel and deal with important issues, but I think you have to go a little bit left field to do that. So, for example, I wouldn't hold a talk saying why I'm opposed to world pride. What I want to do is raise questions and get people to consider things. So, I, I have a lot of sympathy with church leaders, but I, I, on, on balance, I think, we should, I think we should first of all speak to our own people, because some of them are very confused, And then I think we should speak into the culture. And those who have a more prophetic voice uh, should certainly do that. But it's not easy. I imagine if you
0: do keep your head down, uh, if you are remaining quiet, even though you might feel as though you should speak up, uh, that you might have a strong position understanding your biblical view of marriage, uh, holding that close to your heart, but waiting for Opportunities. So, I mean, uh, uh, the application of wisdom, because we said it's not just the church leaders here, but everyone in their workplaces, especially in Sydney. But perhaps uh, there's uh, you know, perhaps there's a feeling all around the country. Uh, but for those people in their workplaces, would well, they be just uh, being being very wise and cautious about things that they might say around this issue
1: this week and in the coming weeks? Well, it's funny because I've just come from a Bible study where we had this very discussion. So um, it it was marvelous because we were looking at the verse, give to Caesars what is Caesars and to God what is God's. And I think our state is now telling us what we should feel and think about human sexuality and everything else. And I think we need to challenge that. And I would suggest in general you challenge it um, carefully. So, for example, I, I said to somebody you know, I would wear I would wear the rainbow flag and then somebody say, well, why are you wearing that? You're a Christian. I'd say, well, that's a God, the sign of God's covenant with Noah. And that was a sign of God's judgment against the sin in the world and his promise never to destroy the whole earth by a flood again. So, you know, you can open things up like that. But the trouble is no. See, the trouble is where people go, is they say, unless you support this, then you you hate gay people or you are you know causing people to commit suicide or whatever. And what I try and do is question the language. So, for example, the phrase you hear all the time, and it's painted everywhere, love is love. Well, that's meaningless. What is love? And from a Christian perspective, we talk about God being love, and we talk about what God's love has done. Um, That doesn't mean, to say that God loves every human being is not the same as saying that he affirms every human behavior, which clearly he doesn't. But, I, I mean, I would say in workplaces you have to be quite careful because there are people who can be quite aggressive um they're they're basically wanting to trip you up but there are other people who are genuinely curious um a, another example i gave was sometimes being asked well what do you think about this oh i'm sorry i can't tell you that because if i tell you that you, you probably get pretty upset and i don't want to upset you and we're here to work and so on and they say no 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 no, i won't get upset I won't, well you promise me you won't get upset you promise me you won't be offended but then what you do is you always go big picture. So you just simply say, I believe what the Bible says about humanity, about male and female and about sex within marriage and so on. And if you want to have a discussion about that, then sure, I'll meet you for a coffee and we'll, we'll talk about it. But if you'd rather not, let's leave it, you know. So. And it's not the law in New South Wales
0: at the moment, but there are all sorts of issues that might eventuate in other states like, say, Victoria. But interesting, and I know listeners will be very uh, interested to understand, go big picture, Uh, always respond when there is genuine curiosity. I guess you've got to have a little bit of discernment about you as to how those conversations might come about and whether this might even be the best time to have that conversation, whether you might make the appointment for that coffee perhaps uh, you know after the Pride event has finished and some of the emotion has begun to die down. Any thoughts here about this sort of wisdom in engaging in the conversation?
1: Well, I, it does depend on knowing the people. So, for example, if, if I'm speaking at an event, which is I'd met slightly different, someone says to me, what do you think about homosexuality? they could be asking why are you such a homophobic bigot which is what they're presuming Um, or they could be saying my 14 year old kid brother committed suicide because he was bullied at school for being gay that's a very different question so i i would find out i'd want to know why they were asking that i would want to know what they think um and i think you know there are a whole range of different issues in here you know that, that are very important like what is love what are relationships and as for the pride event itself i mean i think there are legitimate questions to raise so uh, i know some gay people who are not very keen on it because they regard it as a display of perversity which often it is you know not We're not I'm not talking about the homosexuality aspect I'm just talking about some of the things that go on, you know, uh, for example I wouldn't take a child to go and see because there's uh things like twerking and uh, you know displays of uh, You know advertising almost sadomasochism and so on and there are uh, I think it's very wrong to to lump all gay people together And I think there are gay people who question that aspect as well so I mean, there there are a whole range of questions you would want to take on board. And another aspect is I know some gay activists who really question the corporate nature of gay pride now, because, you know, all the big banks and all the corporations are very much into it. And I think it's certainly lost its radical cutting edge. It's become mainstream. It's become almost a religion, certainly a philosophy. And I think we as Christians need to challenge that. But we need to do so as uh Peter puts it, we need to do it with gentleness and respect. But we certainly should not bow, bow down to the ideological gods of this age.
0: There's that increasing pressure, isn't there, not only to tolerate uh, what happens in, say, a gay and lesbian Mardi Gras or the Pride Week or Pride uh, uh, World Pride but also to celebrate it. And this pressure that is on even the Christian believer, and as you say, uh, the person who justifies wearing a rainbow because they're saying, I'm believing in a biblical foundation for that rainbow, but there's this pressure, isn't there, to celebrate the lifestyle, and somehow or other you might find yourself in deep water Uh, even being caught out by someone who's trying to trip you up and trying to expose you as uh, someone, as you say, could be a a homophobe. So you've got to be careful about this thought of being pressured into celebration, haven't you?
1: Yes, I think, again, I think it's really important for the listeners to understand that we have moved away from toleration. In fact, we've become intolerant because now it's about affirmation. Unless you affirm this ideology, then you will not be tolerated. And you you see that in lots of different ways. There are more subtle pressures at work. There are pressures within schools. There are pressures on media. And sadly, there are even pressures within the church. So um, the the kind of ideology creeps in more and more. I mean, I'm thinking, I think the saddest thing for me of the Sydney Pride is that, uh, uh, a woman from England, Jane Ozan, who was an evangelical but is now a leading advocate and certainly was in the Church of England Synod decision last week for um, same-sex marriage. Well, she's coming here and speaking in a church. And I just find that a very confusing message and you know, people talk about people's feelings being hurt. I know you can't hurt anyone's feelings. Well, my feelings, if you like, are hurt by that, purely and simply because I think here is someone in a church going against what God has said, going against our Savior. And I I've, I, I think it's Psalm 119. It says, rivers of tears flow down from my eyes because your, your word is not obeyed. So, yes, I do think we have to be careful, but I also think there are opportunities because I think our society is... Massly confused, enormously confused. and I would also say this, I think it's probably a little bit over the top. I think that underneath the surface there are an awful lot of people who just go, oh, this is too much. Stop preaching to us because it is. it is it's constant, constant preaching. and it will be. I mean I, I like the Sydney Opera House. they're doing it as well. Um, every media station is pretty well doing it um every restaurant well not every restaurant but a lot of restaurants and it's it it, you know i find it's um it's just overwhelming and i suspect for lots of other people who are so i think there's plenty scope for christians who have a consistent holistic understanding which doesn't hate other people and doesn't seek to to impose our views on other people but nonetheless shows a different worldview, which is much more coherent much more family-centred and uh, much more attractive, to be honest. Uh,
0: The challenging thing, of course, as you relay wonderful thoughts there, is that where there's this mass confusion, as you say, Uh, The confusion is compounded, isn't it, when you have uh, people who are Christian leaders. uh, You mentioned the one coming from the UK, uh, coming to Australia and and having a place in the pulpit in a church. Now, this is the challenging thing, isn't it, that there are a number of churches and uh, there's splits in denominations. But the church going woke, uh, that only contributes to the confusion,
1: doesn't it? oh absolutely massively so so people will then say oh well you know there's a there's a division in christianity about this and so on and i i think god's word could not be clearer you know i'm not uh, i I've, when i try and discuss this with people who profess to be christians they they just they use exactly the same language they say you're being unloving and so on and then i would say well but jesus you know when jesus taught what did he say he said that marriage was between a man and a woman he absolutely said that. It's, it's just incredibly clear. And, he, he you know, he warned us. So, for example, even the title, I want to say to people, pride. Pride, you know, is one of the ultimate sins. It's the sin of the devil. It will lead to our downfall. At the very least, we should be offering humility. And, you know, to me, this, this whole thing is... What, what, what's happening is in, in the big-picture stuff is our culture is going Let's get rid of fifteen hundred two thousand years worth of Christian teaching and let's revert back to pagan days And I'm saying how's that going to work out? Because I, I, I would argue that The undermining of the family which is to me much more important than the expression of sexuality has caused so much harm and continues to cause so much harm so i want to say to people if this is your sexual philosophy where does it lead so i know that people will go love is love i I mean there was a an article by a government minister in the sydney morning herald i think or it might even have been in the australian this week and there'll be many more saying it's great we celebrate the tourists coming and you know love is love and let everyone love who they want well that that's obviously nonsensical when you start thinking about it and you start applying it um and i think we've got to learn to question that because it sounds nice love is love but what does it mean incidentally by the way i would say that as churches we should welcome all the visitors who come to sydney i mean i know i know you're not in sydney but like i'm not gonna put pit one australian city against another i think all the cities all the cities that i've been in are wonderful i still haven't been to perth but um the the rest i've been in and i just i I think they're wonderful but I think we can welcome people and say, look, you're also welcome to our churches because we want to tell you about a greater love. We really want to tell you what love really is. And I think that's an opportunity. So there are ways
0: to express our faith. Coming back to those other, as you describe them, beautiful biblical expressions. So when you meet pride with humility. Uh, when you meet the sort of extravagance uh, that comes with a glitter presentation with something that actually looks a little more subdued and more like a sustainable stewardship of relationships and how things will last. And uh, we've got history here that uh, this is how families flourish under a biblical model. So. Wonderful insights once again, David. Just uh, let me ask you, uh, in your role there with uh, Ask Project uh, under Sydney Anglicans, uh, is this the sort of thing that is is there any sort of response or this sort of conversation happening
1: with uh, those in your network? Um, I think that there are churches who are attempting to reach out. I think we get a bit bullied, you know, so people emotionally bully by saying, well, you know, if you don't go for this, absolutely, you are, um, you know, homophobic and so on. I, I've I, I've been thinking about this a lot. And today, actually, just before I came on, I, I made up my mind after speaking to the guys today. Um, I, I think next week, what I'm going to do with Ask is every day, put out a short video on our website, looking at the aspects of pride that Christianity addresses. And what I mean by that, I'm talking about doing it in a positive way. So for example, humility, love, um, family, inclusion, wellness and all those kinds of things. Um, and just as as things that Christians could give to their non Christian friends that give a slightly different perspective. So I I do think now is not the place. So, for example, if someone said, well, I'm going to walk down the street with a banner protesting during Mardi Gras, I would say that was be very, very unwise. I think, um, uh, you know, shoving a tract through your gay neighbor's door. No, 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 don't do that. But I'm saying get to know people, show hospitality, um, listen to people, listen to what they say, and you know seek to communicate christ and and say look there is a different way of doing this Uh, and uh, there is a different way of doing life there is a different way of understanding so i think we're the rebels here we we're the revolutionaries we don't buy into the zeitgeist of our culture we don't buy into its its philosophies and i think actually we shouldn't be afraid i think this is a great opportunity to present jesus And, of course,
0: uh, we have our own uh, time in the sun uh, coming, say, with uh, Easter celebrations, so Holy Week, the lead-up to Good Friday and the celebration of the Resurrection Easter Sunday. Uh, perhaps this is a time maybe even re where you fit in with your church and the celebration that happens there because these things are becoming increasingly more important. We might save that for another conversation on another day, though. But uh, David Robertson, He's director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. You might want to be in contact with David. Uh, He originates from Scotland, as he said. He writes for newspapers, for magazines. He's the author of a number of books, including The Dawkins Letters and Engaging with Atheists. The website for the Ask Project is ask.org.au. Ask.org.au. Ask Ask is about evangelism. Connect with David Robertson at ask.org.au. David, thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020. Great to be with you.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.